pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Welcome to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show broadcasting live on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And What's it, up? What? I can't hear myself. Wait, What's up, hold, hold up, hold up. It is a hot, hot it's day. It's a hot day. And it's good to be back, isn't it? So there's something up with your ears, is there, Anne? Yeah. Oh, well. How's I don't you, really need to hear you. How's, how's your face? Right. Well, I have a bone to pick with you. More specifically, my cheekbone. Right. Uh, so we went uh, to Hyde Park on Saturday. Is this your bone? Taylor Swift was there. Right. We were there beforehand playing cricket. Some of us were. Some of us were playing cricket. Some of us hit a ball that landed on some of us's faces. It's a beautiful strokes, Steve, wasn't it? It was absolutely gorgeous. Your form, Simon, thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. You said, try and hit Anne in the face. I did. I, did say, I said, I bet you can't yeah. hit Anne in the face. That and didn't happen. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, you're, well, why didn't you apologise? I, I apologised at the time. You did. I, I asked I told you shouldn't a Taylor sit. Swift ticket and you said no. You shouldn't sit at Silly Mid-On, should you? <laughs> Do you know where Silly Midon is? No, I don't. No. <laughs> where is it? It's exactly where Anne was sat. It's okay. not. It's not. She was, she was more. Have you long, had a good long. week, Steve? I've had a good week. I've had a very, very crickety week, actually. I went to see Surrey play today, and they won against Gloucester with an innings to spare, which was very, very exciting. Also, um, had a. a I'll be honest, I had a single can of Malibu and <laughs> pineapple. You? So if you, if you sense I'm a little bit on edge Are today, you DUI a little bit right raw. Yeah. Oh, the glamour. I know. I had a can of, can of can tenants of, by the <laughs> railway <laughs> <laughs> with my friends. And what have you been drinking today, Anne? Uh, water exclusively. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, excellent. Well, if you can, uh, if you can tell any difference between our presentational styles this evening, listeners, please write in and let us know. You can do that by writing to team at onelifeleft.com. God, it's hot, isn't it? The only way. In fact, what, what did we decide to do? Uh, because on the, on the hottest day of the year so far, bring in more men to the studio. <laughs> the most the best, men we could. The find. most men we've ever had in the studio. <laughs> we've got one in the corner who's not doing anything. Are you? <laughs> Surprise guest. But the actual guest would you like to be joined by Darren Wall and Alex Wiltshire. Hello. Hello. Hi. So you're from Read Only Memory, Darren. I am. Alex, where do we say you're from these days? <laughs> I don't know. I'm from around. Okay. <laughs> I found him in the streets. But collectively, what are you doing here? Uh, we're here to talk about uh, Britsoft and all history, our new book. Excellent. Good news. Uh, but we, we're, we're going to talk more about books later in the show. We aren't we? We've got some actually yeah. one life left book news, <laughs> book gossip coming up. Um, two different fronts. Uh, but yeah, let's start the show with Anne's news. It's 
704 on Monday the 29th of June. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. The PC version of Batman Arkham Knight has been taken off shelves with sales suspended after a buggy release. Warner has said that there is significant work to do to fix the game and despite Rocksteady promising to put its best engineers on it, the fixes will take some time. Warner has said that if players want refunds from Steam or their retailer, they can go for it. If only there was some dude in a cape who had too much money and a love for tech standing on a roof somewhere waiting to fix this. So what are the problems with the game? Well, it's interesting. So first of all, you said it's been taken off shelves. Uh, yeah. PC version in the UK did not come out uh, phys- physically. Yeah, but it's physically. taken off some other shelves. Um, yeah, apparently it doesn't work. So Rocksteady have said that they're putting their um, the best engineers on it. But, what, but, but how why did they do that in the first place? <laughs> how, how doesn't it work? That's what I'm interested in. Well, um, apparently it was outsourced to a third party. We've seen this before with uh, Aliens Colonial Marines, haven't we? Um, mm. So it wasn't Rocksteady, we understand... That did the port. I feel like you're not answering the question here. What's well, wrong with ask, the game? Ask them. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've seen some videos online of Batman falling through the floor That's, forever. That- Is that basically what happens? They haven't done the floor properly. They they need better floor coders. <laughs> the floor's hard. The floor's really hard. It's really hard. big. It's, it's like, kind of the basics, though, isn't it? Need, the first thing you do... I mean, Simon, you've made games before. Exactly. First, what's the first thing you do in a game? Draw a square. Yeah? <laughs> and then work out how many of those are on the floor. Yeah, that's... It's what, it's what you do. It all comes down to getting the floor right. Yeah. And it seems like the they haven't got do. the floor, floor correct. Uh, it's interesting, though. So it coincided with um, Steam's refund... Po- new refund policy. So, mm. um... Yeah, so if you were going to do this, now was not the time. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you how do you guys feel about that, Darren and Alex? Have you, it, it works on mine. Does it? Oh yeah, does it on your been, PC? Yeah, it's been fun. Okay. Yeah, I go. I hear that. Like, if you've got a really mega PC, it behaves like you don't have a mega PC, and I think that's like upsetting for a lot of big PC owners. Have you? I've got a crap <laughs> PC, and it runs a okay. Have you noticed any problems with the floor? None. Maybe go around just testing out, like like as if this is a new property. Jump up and just down. Just jump on them down. Just stamp <laughs> yeah. Find a corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seems solid. Seems solid. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what's most interesting about this story is it's, uh, it's the first Batman game I've not worked on, so I'm able to talk about it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Got any questions? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what's Batman like to work with? Really good, actually. I'm obviously mm. I'm a big fan of the bat, so uh, yeah, no, he's good unless he, unless he's the one from Canada. Wait a second. Previously, were you the floor coder? <laughs> <laughs> I got pulled off when I did Bang Man. <laughs> Apple has gone back on its decision to remove all games displaying the Confederate flag. Initially, Apple removed any app showing the flag, which is considered a symbol of racism by many, following the shooting of several people at an African-American church in South Carolina by a white man. At the time of the shooting, Apple's CEO Tim Cook said, My thoughts are with the victims' families in SC. Let's honour their lives by eradicating racism and removing the symbols and words they feed. The company is now reinstating apps that use the flag for educational or historical uses. Okay, that seems like quite a blurry rule, educational historical uses. Well, so their um, blanket... Um, oh, what was the, the wording of their uh, sort of blanket, you've gone against our guidelines, is uh, mean-spirited and offensive uses. So if you're using, if you're using anything and it, and it looks mean-spirited and offensive, then it's getting taken down. But if it's uh, used to make a game, uh, e.g. a civil war war game historically accurate then they're sort of saying so back in the day there was a duke of hazards dukes of hazards dukes of hazards uh video game wasn't there and and that has the confederate flag on the car in that it's not mean-spirited though is it is it not would that be allowed it's sort of irreverent isn't it and that doesn't seem to be it did have a reverend in it didn't it (laughs) (laughs) reverend boss something like that yeah no i mean i i wonder whether that would because that doesn't seem to be uh it's obviously not a very very serious subject matter it's playful would that be allowed uh, I mean, their their rules are, Tim Cook, exactly. Their rules do seem a little bit. Um, well, it seems as though they sort of they saw that this was a big issue, mm. and they wanted to do something to say, like, look, we don't, you know, we don't stand by uh, the use of this flag. Um, sure. uh, but my, so my point would be, they should have, uh, you know, it's hard enough to get on the Apple Store. Is this an opinion? This is an opinion. <laughs> Here we um, go. Turns to the opinion. It's hard enough to get on the Apple Store as it is, uh, and so they should be um, uh, they should be reviewing everything that is entered in and is going to turn up on the Apple Store. So they should be able to weed things out that are both mean spirited and offensive, and use the flag and well, are just horrible anyway. So they shouldn't be in a position now where they're trying to go through and take all this stuff out. 
You know, often in the news stories, we, we talk about things like this and we say, oh, well, it's, you know, I guess it's Tim Cook's decision. Why don't you get in touch with them? And you say, yes, I will. And then <laughs> you spend maybe two thirds of the remaining show tap, tap, tapping an email. On, then we never hear anything no. again. I mean, is that because the people don't get back to you? or because People don't respond really? to Lucy, yeah. Do they don't know, see, why do you think that is? They don't see the One Life Left email address as a stamp of authority. Or they're scared of you. Or they're scared of the truth. Tale of Tales is shutting its studio following poor sales of its latest game, Sunset. The critically acclaimed game sold only 4,000 copies, including those sent to Kickstarter backers, and the couple who made up the studio were disheartened by its reception. They said, We are happy and proud that we have tried to make a game for gamers. We really did our best with Sunset, our very best, and we failed, so that's one thing we'll never need to do again. Creativity still burns wildly in our hearts, but we don't think we will be making video games after this, and if we do, definitely not commercial ones. Super sad news. Really sad, really sad. So, but it's um, a sign of the market, isn't it? Um, Steam has changed so significantly over the past few, few months, even that um, yeah, you're, you're you're just not seeing the sort of breakout successes that were probably around at the time when um, the Tale of Tales guys started mm. making sunsets. It is a little bit like that. I, I felt really, really bad when I read their statements and and how they kept referring to the game as a failure. And I think on many, many levels, it's definitely it's absolutely not a failure. It's done brilliantly critically it was a failure on one of the categories or one of the targets they set out for themselves which is make a game for gamers a game that gamers will buy um but on so many other levels that game is a success and i I, you know as i've mentioned before on the show that i've done a little bit of work on it and i thought it was brilliant i'm certainly more proud of this uh, than i am of many of the games that you would consider successes that i've worked on but uh uh, some of what they were saying was it's just not financially viable like they Mm. ended up putting more money into it themselves uh to make this game happen and you know they've uh, they've um subsisted before with grants and things and this just took too much money out of them and they don't have it in them to get it back again yeah so obviously it was a failure on those on that axis but perhaps not on some of the other ones that count. And I hope they do brilliant things in other mediums. I'm sure they will. They're both incredibly talented people. Do we think this is uh, going to make people uh, think even more or, or consider it uh, for longer, doing games that are not traditional tr- traditional games, but more narrative-based ones? I don't think so, not at all. I think there are some brilliant narrative video games coming out, and I think we're going to hear about some more later in the show today as well. Um, I think what it does is illustrate that success, in some terms, is a bit of a lottery. And uh, while this has been, you know, a failure, I I still think it could easily have been a success. And that success, and the terrifying thing for any independent developer making a game right now, is you can do all of the right things, and still uh, your number doesn't come up. And there's not a lot any of us can do to control that. If it was, we would all be millionaires, and not just uh, from being brilliant at making flaws. On the heels of America's marriage equality laws being passed, Nintendo is bringing same-sex marriage to its first game. Fire Emblem Fates will allow the main character created by the player to marry a man in one version or in one version of the game and a woman in the other. Nintendo said of the decision, "We believe that our gameplay experiences should reflect the device." diversity of our communities in which we operate and at the same time we will always design the game specifications of each title by considering a variety of factors such as the game scenario and the nature of the gameplay. In the end of course the game should be fun to play. <laughs> That's a long okay. old story wasn't it? So what you can marry um, a man in one and a, a lady in another two separate versions so there of the are game? Two, they're releasing two That's versions so of the game. Nintendo isn't it? <laughs> Pokemon X and Y and Pokemon yeah. X and X. But there's also a third part that if you've bought uh, either of these games, you can download the third part of the story as well. Who do you marry in yeah, Exactly. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> that yeah. sounds exhausting. No, the third part of the story is where you get messily divorced. Oh, and it's still fun to play. Right. Well, good for them. Good for them. I mean, they got in a lot of trouble when they said it would be uh, much too hard work to make characters in... What was that, Nintendo? Tom Actually uh, Life? Yeah. Was Actually Life marry... Uh, the same gender characters. Uh, now they've sort of oh, they've changed their tune. Changed their tune. It turns out it's easier to <laughs> not restrict <laughs> just the marriage. Found the, uh... Just found that they've got the right coder. One of their very best coders. Maybe they didn't think that it was fun to play before. Maybe they thought it's only fun if it's a boy and a girl. 
Well, presumably, if you were stopping a character from kissing another character, that you were putting a check in place to find out what gender that character was in the first place. That sounds exhausting. Just put an exclamation mark in front array. of that. Whatever it's used an array. Uh, use an array. Can kiss equals yes. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Can kiss. Yeah. Just, uh, just call us if you need more <laughs> advice. Thanks. There was something in the uh, the la- last version of uh, Fire Emblem where you could talk to a creepy man and you could match make. You could like give it two different characters. Didn't man- matter what gender they were, and he would tell you how they were matched up and so like yeah that right was, that was quite how did you find that out <laughs> i mean i'm always up for talking to <laughs> and finally a fan of fallout 3 has successfully pre-ordered fallout 4 by sending over 2,000 bottle caps to publisher bethesda the bottle caps which are used as in-game currency were sent by a guy named seth who started collecting them after playing fallout 3 bethesda has honored his audacious trade-in but was pretty clear to point out that he's only getting a copy of the game because he was the first to do it game developers and publishers everywhere are sending out a plea to please not send your trash to their offices was this a thing then? Did they say that you that someone could do it, or did he just say, "Hey, I've, uh, like, like"? He just did it. He was a bit of a prankster. Uh, so, how much is a bottle cap worth in game? Don't know. Well, like, if a game costs fifty pounds, and he sent two thousand in, yeah. So, well, you do the maths. Okay, I mean, I'm not going hang to. On, hang on, hang on. That's not you doing the maths. No, it? I'm That's doing. Tim I'm getting Cook a calculator. Ask, Ask Siri. Siri. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, and how did he send them in? What's it? How much oh, is the I'm not connected work? to the internet. Okay. How did he send them in? Uh, in a box, and he said, you don't want to know how much the packaging costs for this. But was it more Look than £50? To, yeah, I imagine so. Okay. Also, it was in America. What's there? Um, it's loads of packaging, isn't it? It's loads. Yeah. So much. Right, well, good for him. What, I mean, what other um, real-life currencies could you use to buy video games? What do they use in um, Animal Crossing? Uh, oh, bells. bells. Yeah. Mm. Don't try and catch us out. <laughs> <laughs> Ask another. <laughs> Go on, pick a game, man. Uh, what do they use? In Coins. Coins. Good. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Great. Next. Go on. Credits. <laughs> Go on. Bang Power pellets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. <laughs> on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a video game radio show, and this is Jaquim from chipmusic.org. You can download this and many other brilliant pieces of chip music at that website. What do you think, Simon? Pretty summary. Trying to go for a summary feel. Uh, trying to go for a sort of relaxing, relaxing by the cricket with a Malibu and pineapple right. feel. Uh, I, I find that's one life less taft. One life left's tone through and through. Would you be safe to drive a car now? Right now, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Well, no, I wouldn't because I haven't passed my license, <laughs> so that yeah. would be completely illegal, and okay. um, I don't know how to drive. Right. Uh, but in a video game, for sure. Okay, good news. You're looking very summary today, Anne. Thanks. Uh, do you want to know the real reason for that? Uh, it wasn't a question. <laughs> 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 right, but you can't just come up with a statement like that and not expect. <laughs> what? Do you not expect the truth? Far away then. Uh, the leggings I was going to wear today, not dry. So I just had to wear a dress without any leggings, just my sandals. That's why I look so summery. Okay, interesting. Why are they still wet? Because I washed them. <laughs> Alex, Darren, you look lovely today as well. Thank of you course, very much. we're not, uh, you know, we. Uh, Our leggings are dry. Two versions of this radio show. You can compliment a man and you can compliment yes. a lady. Yes. Good. And in the third version, you talk to a creepy man <laughs> who's in the corner. How's it going over there? Creepy man. You're all looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Darren, Alex, uh, so, uh, have you two worked together before? No. no tell us, fine. tell us what you're up to now, then. Yeah, so uh, I run Read Only Memory, a video game history publisher, and a few years ago now, I started speaking to the creators of the documentary film Bedrooms to Billions, um, which came out last year, and they'd interviewed um, hundreds of uh, characters from the early British games industry, uh, and we were talking about the fact that they had hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of this footage, uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of transcribed material, and they had a two and a half hour documentary film, and kind of what could they do with it? Mm-hmm. And I proposed the idea that we could collect it all together into a, a collection of interviews um, and work with an editor to kind of tell a different story, to kind of like plough a different path through the story of the British games industry from sort of late 70s up until the um, advent of the Japanese consoles. Uh, and I chose to work with Alex, and that's what we've been working on for the past uh, sort of six, eight months now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been uh, a lot of words. Yes, a lot of good words. One hundred twenty-five thousand words. Did, did Darren need to convince you to get on board with this, Alex? Oh, here it no. Comes. Okay, good. <laughs> no, he didn't because he makes nice books. He does make nice books, doesn't he? Yeah, they've so, got nice pic colours. Yeah, nice pictures. Mm-hmm. Right, all and the you, pages. <laughs> all the pages. The crucial part of book. And um, I just, I, I wondered why you hadn't kickstarted this. Uh, so self, this is the first self-funded Read Any Memory book. Is that because you've made your millions? We've made our millions, yeah. <laughs> from, from bedrooms to billions. Yeah. Uh, from bedrooms to Malibu and pineapple right, yeah, by yeah. the pool. Yeah, so this is the first self-funded one. Okay. Uh, we, we recently uh, kick-started the Bitmap Brothers Universe yep. uh, book. So we're kind of self-funding some and kick-starting others okay. to try and get m- maybe any, more than one out a year. And, that, and that's the reason for it, is it? To yeah, I mean, we could con- keep con- kick-starting, but I think with self-funded stuff and kick-starting, we can self-fund projects which are slightly more unusual and kind of do them in a way that maybe might be difficult to describe in a kind of crowdfunding situation uh, and then we can do kind of more I suppose expected books on sort of a specific subject so right. I thought that this book was quite unusual and we kind of wanted to sort of tinker away on it in secret and be quite experimental and then kind of come out with it and go look at this gotcha yeah so Alex where, who does it start with where, where does it start well you've got to start with Molyneux <laughs> do you, do you? and ends and though it says <laughs> yeah. does so it, it start Molyneux it starts with Molyneux on uh, Guildford High Street <laughs> drinking Malibu and pineapple, <laughs> shouting at buses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starts them on Guildford High Street. Uh, uh, at what period in so Peter's like, life is so this? we've we've uh, like w- we wanted to so the the, the interviews are from the eighties onwards. Um, like, but but I really the, like the story really starts with Mel Croucher, yeah, who was sort of broadcasting games in Portsmouth, like the, like in the late seventies. Uh, but 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 I sort of we we kind of chopped up these interviews into little pieces um and so you get this kind of sort of a narrative that starts with the with a lot of the creators kind of first kind of experiences with games the first time they saw a game um so like to Molyneux he's looking in through a shop window at Binatone Pong and going I've got to have that and he explains that he has that and he says it's terrible yes he also explains that he steals the money from his grandma's purse to buy it as well it's that sneaky Molyneux and this is all the stuff that isn't actually I've not seen from Bedrooms to Billions is this stuff that's not in there so we cross over a lot with the the content that's in the um, Bedrooms to Billions but we we tell a more personal story so in the book we've got more time to kind of dwell on anecdotes and kind of uh, go off on tangents and kind of investigate kind of smaller stuff than the the kind of big thrust of the video games industry so we tell a different story with this kind of vast archive of material you've just got you've got many many more words worth of material you can go through we had we had transcripts of every single interview they did for the entire thing and that is hundreds of hours um hundreds of thousands of words is it difficult unpicking that it was it was really tough actually Um, who did you skip over uh, (laughs) 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 who did (laughs) I can't. I can't think. No. Okay, that's, that's the correct <laughs> answer. So you were you, you given to it as a text file, were you? Yeah, lots right. of text files, like okay. hundreds of words, like all transcribed. Uh, and um, I just had to read, read and read and read and read. And I kind of picked out themes, like sort of. So you got these sort of. So a lot of people talked about how their first experiences of programming were like. Uh, writing listings out, um, yeah, you know, writing out programs and then yeah. selling them to, list- to magazines or getting them from listings um, uh, in magazines and, and typing them out and they're going wrong. And, uh, and then their first sort of forays into making money and approaching sort of publishers and, and small companies that were kind of flourishing around the country. And so to finding these themes and then finding the most interesting stories of these and then slowly kind of piecing it together like a puzzle. It was like, it was really tough it's probably the hardest thing i've ever done i think like just sort of trying to find through lines in it and uh-huh. make sure it's all interesting but 
but like um it started to sort of find its own momentum by the end it was uh, it was a really interesting project what do you think it is about the about the british game scene that makes it so special there's a warrants a book and a film and so much continued discussion we were talking about this earlier actually and about the idea of the Britsoft movement and the fact that it started from just an innocent want to take these tools that just suddenly appeared in everyone's front rooms and, and bedrooms with an instruction book with it and just experiment and create something. But it wasn't initially driven by a commercial need. That kind of came afterwards and, and perhaps was kind of some of its undoing. But it was just this urge to create. And it, it wasn't kind of driven by the, the want to emulate an art form because it was a new art form. So I think there's something kind of peculiarly British about that kind of tinkering right. in a room and sort of being a solo creator. And uh, I think that's all those kind of eccentric characters in the book. Like, we, you know, we, we've worked with John Hare before, but we talk about Mel Croucher yeah. uh, and all these kind of really individual characters. Uh, I think that, and Jeff Minter as well, who's a, who's a key character in the book. It, it's, I think it's about the personalities coming through this art form. Uh, and it, it's, it's just born out of innocence. And I think what the book is interesting is because suits come in you know money comes in and it turns into an industry a couple of years afterwards but it didn't start off with the intention of creating an industry and i think that's what's interesting about it so what went wrong <laughs> yes <laughs> well, was the last, it the suits the last section um which alex is entitled maturing industry kind of like charts that's what went wrong and and kind of who survived and who didn't and who adapted and who didn't uh and actually the stampers come up quite a lot as characters who kind of foresaw what was what was shifting and what was changing and sort of seeing that the Japanese consoles were coming in and they needed to adapt and they could see what was happening in America with this kind of like uh, big emerging industry. And actually we're working on the Bitmap Brothers book at the moment as well and there's echoes of the Sensible Software as well kind of basically either deciding to jump into PC, to jump to console or just to hang on to what you had before and get kind of carried along with it. And I think it was basically either you moved and adapted or, you know, the industry just kind of like... Stopped. But no, no, no one did move and adapt, did no. they? Quiet. Yeah, they went to a, they went to Japan, and you know, right. well, they'd stayed in the UK, but they 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 actually looked outside. Like the UK was really the, the scene was really insular. Like it looked within. Like people wanted to do what they wanted to do, and wanted to continue what they found was successful in the early to mid eighties. And then by the time, like you know, the Super Nintendo, oh no, the NES came along, particularly. You know, they all saw this console as being backwards technology, and it was going to be rubbish. Right, and they didn't realise what 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 it was about to kind of you know bring to the country. Do you think we'll see a return to Britsoft? If you if that's a, if you can still call it that, you'd still call it that. I think there's an ethos which is like bedded into most kind of British sort of indie game developers. Like I don't if, if you follow like Mode Seven and people like that on Twitter, I think there's the, that kind of. That ethos and that kind of spirit is still there, but I think it has to be something different now. I think it's it's people it's have born to think commerce. internationally now. You know, you kind of naturally if you put a game out now. You, you know, whether you're looking on iOS or Steam or whatever, you could just or you're talking to Sony or whatever. You've got to think internationally, and I think that's the difference now. That's why I don't think you will see a Britsoft again. You'll see software continuing to be being made here, but yeah, it's a it's a totally different world now. I wonder whether it's. Uh, also influenced by us as, you know, um, gentlemen and ladies of a certain age framing our childhood around a, around a type of culture and whether actually people, um, you know, kids growing up now, for them, their Jeff Minter is Dan Marshall or mm -hmm. Mike Bithell or whoever else. Well, and they, nice, see, they see, well, also true, but I mean, in terms of Britsoft, right, they, right. See, they see groups of people and actually they're able to interact with them and their personalities are able to come out in a different way. And they're probably going to be writing books about, you know, this, the second wave of Britsoft, uh, which we just don't recognise right now yeah. because we're too old. <laughs> <laughs> Super old. Yeah, this is history. Yeah. So I found a question, Alex. What, looking back through these transcripts, then, what was the thing, what was the one thing that surprised you most or the thing that you didn't, that, that you discovered for the first time? Was, was there any, any story or tale of, of the industry as it used to be? Um, it was like quite innocent time. Like it seems like I, you know, we, we're talking to the winners, you know, sort of mean like, the, you know, the, these are the famous people, you know, the people that, 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 that found the most success at the time. So, so obviously these are stories by the, by the winners, but like they, they, they express like a, quite an innocence about the time, you know, uh, about kind of fumbling around with, with, with this stuff and about how, uh, you know, when business kind of reared its head with them, they kind of failed in a lot of the times to kind of take advantage of what was kind of offered to them in terms of a story that illustrates that um oh god there are so many <laughs> 
Can you think of anything? Uh, we were talking about Jazz San earlier on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah so it was talking about Jazz San reverse engineering Game Boy technology, turning up to Nintendo uh, trade show and just basically saying, I can do 3D on the Game Boy. And then basically being ushered into Nintendo uh, saying, you must teach us how to do 3D on, on Nintendo consoles. Uh, and basically plucking numbers out of the air saying, I'll do it for a million. No, two million. And then the same day having two million putting his account and his brother calling him out going, um, can you take <laughs> two million putting your account today? Uh, and it's just these kind of like ballsy moves. Wow. I think Jeff Brown from US Gold was the same thing. He's just kind of like plowing in and saying, I can do this. I'll think about how it works later on. Fantastic. Um, so uh, you're still in the process of pulling the book together. When can we expect to see it? Uh, it's going to be out on August 27th. We're just proofreading at the moment. It's okay. all finished. So That's, 420 uh, pages uh, full of illustrations. And uh, we've got a hardware um, dictionary at the back, basically, showing all the hardware in the book, which is being illustrated at the moment. Cool. So where would we, uh, where would we pre-order it? You can pre-order it at readonlymemory.vg. Thank you. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi. And welcome to One Life Left, local news. A local hedgehog sanctuary is making an appeal for more funds after a change in its tax situation. Mrs Triggerwinkle's Home for Hedgehogs needs the money to pay its taxes and also as more hedgehogs have needed their help than usual. The problem is that the hedgehogs are running low on red sneakers and can't move away from predators as quickly as possible. In addition, most people have been selling their gold rings for cash and the lack of availability means that they can't protect themselves as much. Apparently, if you see a hedgehog in your garden, then you should provide it with a bowl of water, some leaves to sleep under and a Mobius strip for them to run along. Also, keep them away from games designers trying to give them a funky new attitude. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you so much for your letters. It turns out the uh, what we need to do um, to avoid having to beg for letters every week is just not do a show for two weeks. <laughs> so we're not going to get through all of them. Uh, and even we had, we had quite a few in today without even asking. We were oh, quite thanks, uh, guys. indifferent think, on Twitter. Do you think people were like... We should have listened. <laughs> should have left, exactly. They've left us now. <laughs> we had an unexplained absence. So I've got two. I'm going to crack on with the first one. Okay. Um, uh, Bob Malley writes, Hi, three questions. Feel free to ignore any stroke, all of them. One, will you be attending Minecon this weekend? And if so, will there be any Marioki? Uh, I will not be attending Minecon. I will not be attending Minecon. I'm hoping to swing by. We'll be there. Will you? Yes, we both will. I might swing by with you. Excellent. Can I bring my we can do son? private Marioki. Okay. Yeah. Right. Are you going to be dressed as a creeper again? Again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in your dreams. Uh, he says, um, my son and I will be attending our first con this weekend. Any tips? Any tips oh. from the uh, Read Any Memory boys? Probably uh, sort of maybe bring some spray deodorant. I hear it gets quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, if he was to bump into Phil Fish, how hard should he push him over? Or should Aww. he leave that to Very gently. Phil yeah. Fish is a very, very good friend of the show, although obviously we made friends when he was horizontal, having them pushed over. Thank you for your email, Bob. Enjoy Minecong. Uh, okay, hello team and super special guests. Now E3 is done and certain games have been hyped up to the degree which is unrealistic. Which do you think will be the best game that was announced, writes Lawrence Weir. In my opinion, this will be a summary of reviews of a few of the games that were announced. So we're going to see into Excellent. the future. They're like Lawrence. pre-reviews. Pre-reviews. Think of a name for that. Okay, here we go. The Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. Quirky puzzle game. Too short. Disappointing. Seven out of ten. Good. Final Fantasy VII finally comes out in 2022. The original was better. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Shenmue Three, pretty much the worst game anyone has ever played on any platform. Seven out of ten. Halo Five, about as good as Halo Four. Multiplayer doesn't work. Seven out of ten. Assassin's Creed Syndicate, crap British accents, offensive to all Londoners. Seven out of ten. And finally, Fallout Four. Everyone loves it, although no one uses the crafting system. 7 out of 10. Hope you had a nice break. Love the show. Lawrence, thank you, Lawrence. Thanks, Lawrence. That's really useful. Yeah. We'll, we'll file that Put use that back. in the future. Hello, team. Possibly a super special guest who might be Taylor Swift if Steve's plan to kidnap her works correctly. Didn't. Oh, well. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but 
the WWE have recently decided to move on from sports entertainment to the world of YouTube gaming. Xavier Woods is now hosting a daily show called Up Up Down Down. The gauntlet appears to have been thrown down to Team OLL and I believe that you should fight fire with fire by invading the WWE. Simon would obviously be Byronic Man. Yep, of course. A half human, half robot wrestling cyborg similar to when Robocop was in WWE. Okay. Scanters would become the news fox, leaping around the ring, causing confusion to opponents. She would also walk out with a real-life tiger, like when Coco Beware came out with Frankie the Parrot. You do have a cat. Who looks like a tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stee. Yeah. Well, Stee could be the cricketer, which means that he could come out fully padded up so his enemies' blows would not cause him any harm. Mm-hmm. Then he could strike back with his special moves, use it, uh, moves the dill scoop and the flipper. Very good. Those are cricket Okay, shots. great. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you on Raw or SmackDown next week. Sounds Cheerio, excellent. Ben. Okay, See you then. Ben. Great. Alex. This is from Chris Stewart. Um, dear team and SSG, uh, I spend the weekend attending an event called ESL1 in Frankfurt, Germany. It's an esports tournament where people play a game called Dota 2. To try and win a big shiny cup, the atmosphere was brilliant. The games were amazing and the crowd was just absolutely amazing. I think it's a shame that so many people online in gaming circles are toxic and it restored some of my faith in the fact that there are loads of good people out there in it purely because they love the games they play. Anyway, I remember that Anne was supposed to be learning how to be a professional gamer. So I've got some tips. Oh, good. Uh, One, uh, Red Bull. She, you, need to drink a lot. Okay, I'll get on it after this. <laughs> you need a pro gamer, hashtag pro gamer name. Uh, Chris suggests Scan TZ, pronounced uh, Scan TZ. Scan TZ. Okay. Scan TZ. And because we've seen uh, her amazing commitment to this cause, she needs to learn how to lift a big trophy. So she needs to train at least one arm to be strong. Just one. Uh, obviously, success never comes into question. Winning is easy for Scans TZ. <laughs> Thanks as always, and keep up the good work, Chris Stewart. Good, good. It's true. Good. We yeah. did. We did. You were meant to becoming a pro gamer. Who was yeah. It? Wasn't Pip? Gonna... Pip was going to be my agent. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. She okay. knows the game. She does know the game. She's not, she's not brought a lot of business your way, no. has she? No, she hasn't really motivated me either, to be honest. Okay, well, let's see if she hears this, because one assumes, she, as your she agent, she'll be listening, and she'll be in touch. Darren. Uh, this is from Royal Shah. Hello, One Life Left, and super special guests. One of the games shown at E3, which looks utterly brilliant, is Cuphead, with its look harking back to cartoons from the 1930s. Unfortunately, it turns out it's a really difficult game of boss battles, which I don't think is something I'd enjoy. Sad face. Are there any games which have a visual style you're really into, but the actual game part of it keeps you away? Thanks for such a lovely show, Roll. I really, really want to be into Dark Souls and similar games, mm. but I hate boss battles. Mm. I have no interest in fighting the same enemy again and again and again, so it's a similar problem um, with uh, with Cuphead. Yeah, I also looked at Cuphead and thought, that's uh, that's gorgeous, I will never play it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel the same like that. I, I just, yeah, I think people are, are pretending that to enjoy them, aren't they, surely? Do we have one final letter? We do have one final letter. Um, I was going to cover this in the review section, but uh, Edgar and Bryce say, Hey guys uh, and SS guests, we are enjoying GTA Online, but joining the heist is a pain. Is it just like that or am I being dense or do we just need friends? We have a clan. <laughs> is there an LL clan? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm up for this from now. From now on, we'll maybe cover this in the review section, but I'm, I'm okay. yeah. And let's rob some banks. <laughs> okay, good. Um, if you want to get in touch with One Life Left, and p- please do, don't wait for us to ask you to. Email. Team at onelifeleft.com. Do we have a prize this, this month that we can... Yes. We yes. Oh, I just, I'm um, sure we do. Who is our admin. best letter? We haven't sent out some of our previous prizes. We haven't. Just email us to remind us. Um, We've got a copy of Tabletop Simulator on Steam to give away this week. What? Yes, Darren and Alex, who do you think is most worthy of a copy of Tabletop Simulator on Steam? Darren's letter. Who's that? I think Raul, perhaps. Raul, if you email us and remind me, I will send it to you. Thank you very much.
This is the brilliant motion ride again from chipmusic.org. I was just thinking about Jazz Sam. What were you thinking about Jazz Sam? I was thinking, you know, obviously we heard uh, we heard a story earlier about how um, how uh, bravery was and how he got two million paid into his bank account and stuff. I was thinking the last time I saw Jazz Sam was at a party yep. and he was doing coin yep. tricks. Yep. Do you remember this? <laughs> I do. Then we went through a period of bumping into Jazz Sam and he would teach us magic because uh, mm. he, he taught... Um, he taught me and David McCarthy a card trick in in, uh, in Nice one year, and he told us and he taught us the um, the the coin trick where you put a pound in your hand yeah. as well. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he was he was showing that off to my girlfriend. He was saying saying which which coin is which coin is the which hand has the coin in, and she picked one, and it wasn't that one. Right. Right. So um, so then um, he did it again. He guessed which coin sorry was in was in her hand. And the second time he got it right, right. and the crowd went wild, yeah. <laughs> cheered, and I thought, but that's fifty percent. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just maths. But apparently maths is magic. So. Oh, uh, maths update. Okay. Apparently a bottle top would cost uh, two point five pence. Excellent. Ah, okay. Mm. So what does that mean? The total is for a pre-order. Uh, well, we went. Pounds. We were going on oh, fifty way. pounds. Oh, here, right. Yeah. Sorry. I, I used to admire Jess San and his um, penchant for uh, magic tricks and stuff. Until I actually considered what it must be like to be Jess San. Because every time we used to sort of come part. Sorry. Every time we used to bump into him, he'd, he'd have a sort of different trick. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. You've, you know, you've, uh, you've produced a bunch of flowers and stuff like that. Until I, I thought back to the start of Jazz Sands' day, which is like getting up, he wakes up in his pyjamas. He's like, my bump into Steve and Simon's day. I know, I'll shove some trousers in my socks and then pull some trousers, pull a trousers and then wear them all day, hoping that he'd bump into us and then he'd have to win. And I thought, that's quite sad. <laughs> He's got two million, though. Maybe it's not just him who does that. Maybe everybody has a magic trip prime just in case they meet us. But you do. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Okay. Serious business. So um, it's been a, it's been a big week for our friends. I think mm. hasn't it? Well done, friends our friends. Of, friends yeah. of One Life Left. We've, we've and you know not just you guys um, in terms of books, but our friend Cara. Yes. Well done, Cara. Yeah. Well done, Cara. That Ellison. cover looks amazing. Doesn't it? You can uh, you can pre-order it now. Uh, don't Where just pre-order it? it for the cover. No, no I mean the reason. cover looks amazing. I'm sure the inside, the inside is, is good, but I haven't great. seen the inside yet. So it's um it's the collected works of her in bed with games series, which I think is going to be an excellent keepsake on her mm. ye- on her wild year. <laughs> um, ge- genuinely, after I saw a post about it on social networks yesterday, I, I was out and about and I was going to um pre I was going to pre-order it six dollars. That's very you reasonable. Should, you support your friends. You should all of that sort of thing. I, I couldn't remember my PayPal. <laughs> password on my mobile out and about and then lo and behold today it's not bad I had to change it because they got the hat didn't they um, uh, lo and behold today she sends us a copy didn't she, she? So nice. just came through without asking oh. and, she, and it started with dear friends mm, which was a nice thing to read wasn't it dear friends, dear friends. I've got a book coming out I thought you might like to see it because what do you do with your friends you share, share. your successes you share exactly. you ask for their opinions I'm gonna maybe p- for the cover Exactly, and Cara, I'm going to, I'm still going to buy it when I'm out on my mm-hmm. computer and stuff like. That. And actually, I'm particularly interested in whether she gets into a coffee table book, which she's, um, mm. she's like doing it. Well done, well done, Cara. So, I mean, that's one of our friends. Yeah, our friends, and yeah. that's great. Yeah, another of our friends is um, it's the New Yorker's Simon Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you might know uh, Simon. He's been a friend of ours for a very, Hasn't very he? long time. We actually gave him uh, what used to be his nickname, Parco. Yeah. Did, did do that. You sure did it his um, surname Parkinson? A gift from One Life Left to him. To you. Yeah. A nickname unrequested that the world <laughs> will call you. And we, you know, we, we're fine with that and he's fine with that too. We've been very good friends with him for a very long time. We've got loads of photos of him. Photos yeah. the world, world would love to see but we keep to ourselves. Close don't, to our hearts. Close to our heart. Don't don't need to send, tattooed on don't our need hearts. to sell them to the Daily Mail. What what, what stays be- what goes on between friends? Stays between friends, but there are other things that are nice to share with friends. For oh, example, Steve, your right. books. For, your, for your example, book. your books. Just your book. If you, you know, if you've written plural, that's great. But yeah. if you've just written one, we have, good. by the way. So um, imagine my surprise the other day when a mutual friend of ours and, and Parkinson right. came round to my house. Oh yeah, yeah, clutching a tome under his arm. <laughs> right. I thought, oh, that that looks interesting. Very good. Very good design on the cover. Yeah. Striking. Yeah. And I thought, oh, but it's called... It's called... What, what's it called? 
Wait, do you want to know what it's actually called? Yeah, it's what's called it? Death by Video Games. Death by Death by Computer Games. Which, that's what we've called it. <laughs> <laughs> Death by Computer Games. And I saw that on the cover of this book, and I thought, oh my goodness, Parkinson's going to be furious. Someone else has stolen his book title. Right. I should get. And then I saw it. It's by him. Turns out Parkinson had sent it out to his friends. Already. What? Why? But well. no, Steve, that's surely... You, you're misusing the word friends there. That's true. That's true. Because he'd sent it out with a purpose. He'd, he'd sent it out to people he respects. Just people he respects so that he could get quotes for the cover. And oh, the back. Well, well, I've got a couple of quotes yeah. for this cover. <laughs> right now, yeah. Yeah. Right, right we, now. I think, we've, I think we've slightly gone over our swear quote. And, but uh, <laughs> Cut some of those words out and stick those on your cover, <laughs> Parkinson. Can you believe it? No. All the support we've offered from the very start. Well, we won't be buying that. We Although won't. I am in the well, but, but the irony is we actually have to. Well, in order to, we to, we, we have on. to buy that one. <laughs> we don't have to buy uh, cars, but in order to read Parkinson's book, which I'm sure is very good... Not that we'd know. Scumbag. Do you guys need any quotes for your books? Yes, please. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, we're happy to provide them. Happy. Just let us know what you want us to say. We'll put it there. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Simple. Uh, okay, so um, more positive news. One of One Life Left's features has been missing for quite a while. Oh, no. But this arrived in the One Life Left inbox this morning. Steve and Simon, super special guest. It's Game Under here. I know it's been over a month, but I've been in deep cover. You've got to help me. I'm in over my head. I'm starting to think that there might be such a thing as too much ethics. I got a lead that was too big to turn down, so I sold all my stuff and flew out to California. I bought a new, much more discreet microphone and everything. Thought I'd reveal some corruption or something, but what I've uncovered is actually going to blow the lid off the games industry. I know I say that every week, but I mean it this time. And then I got discovered. I'm in big trouble. I don't know how much time I have left before they find me. I've sent you a package with all of my tapes. It should be with you by next week's show. Please get the message out there. Help me one life left. You're my only hope. I think I can hear them coming. I've got to... left on Resonance 104.4 FM. That was Game Under. He will be back next week, as will we. Uh, for the next four weeks, we've got break in August, haven't we? Have got we? August off, haven't we? What? Yeah, did you not... Oh, no, no. Did you not get the memo? No. You actually didn't get the memo? No. We've and got as August HR, off. I should be CC'd on this. Off. You should do. That was uh, right. Sudstep, and this is our reviews. And what have you been playing this week? Uh, now. Oh, right. So I don't I even know if I can the... say what I've been playing without it being a spoiler. I can I can leave the studio. Because I don't I don't want to know about but I this. don't I really don't want to know about it either. So okay. we both well, have here's... to leave the studio. I don't know whether anyone else I don't think that's legal. It's not legal. Um in which case, here's my review. I've been playing her story. Seven out of ten. Okay, well, we're hoping to have Sam Barlow on the show next week. Really? Mm. So, uh, and I'm, I bought it. I just don't have a PC to play it on at the moment. And we all have iPhone. to play it. <laughs> well, like, no, I thought we next... should. Yeah, you've got an yeah. I, you can play it on I, iPads. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, okay, yeah. we'll all play it for next week. And we'll review it in front of him. Oh. It'll oh. be uncomfortable, won't it? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. So, so it was good then, Anne, was it? Seven out of ten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, excited. Okay, Simon. Uh, yeah, I've been really struggling with video games this week um, because uh, I've been I spent a long time playing Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, I finished it, 
first console version of uh, GTA I finished. Uh, loved, 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 loved it. You just had so many weird stories from oh, it. Oh, it's just brilliant. Um, so even sat through the credits, which went on about 10 minutes. And, and so after that, so uh, that's part of my mainstream game, like the triple A's. I thought I'd catch up on the triple A's that, I, that I've not played. So I loaded up um, Wolfenstein, The New Order which I, I understand to be a very good video game mm-hmm. from the um, critical praise that it's received. I was like, well, this isn't GTA V, is it? Oh. So, I, like, I didn't, so I was like, this is rubbish. Um, Shadow of Mordor, Shadows of Mordor, started mm. playing that. It just threw too much at me at the start. It's and it's like, oh, everybody's raved about this. Oh, it's not GTA V, is it? I'm worried I can't play any AAA video games, games again. Well, you. then you, maybe you should play some indies. more indies. Stick with indies. Yeah. Play her story. I'm, no, I'm going to next. Uh, yeah. Good. Anyway, uh, GTA 5 is worth. I'm, I'm going to go back and do. Going to 100% it. Might do. Going to do the assassinations and the strangers and freaks. Are they going to do DLC for it? Yeah, I think so. Are they good? Plenty oh, yeah. of it as well, I think. Good. I, uh, I know uh, no more than that. I'm in. <laughs> Seven out of ten. <laughs> I've been playing Super Exploding Zoo on PS4. That sounds disgusting. Okay, well, it's not. It's really, really cute and really, really sad. It sounds as though you're exploding up animals. You are. endangered animals. You are. You move flocks of tiny, tiny animals around and uh, the idea is to get at least one of them to the exit uh, to stop the eggs from being destroyed, I think, by bigger monsters. You basically have to attack the bigger monsters with the cute animals and they kind of explode. That sounds like a video game. Yeah, it is very, very much a puzzle video game in cute dressing and really 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 cute dressing and it's so beautifully beautifully put together and the sound is like adorable the way it looks is 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 adorable the puzzle mechanic it it's it's great it started to get a little bit too difficult for me at this point and i don't like difficult games so i've i'm probably done with it about 70 percent of the way through but um i've really really enjoyed it and um i think that everyone who has a psn subscription should be enjoying it too because it's free on psn this month although someone someone shouted at me for calling it free yeah, Louis P. Louis P. He hates that sort of term. Like, like, not free! It's not free, you're paying for it! £40 a year! You've been fooled, you've been tricked! <laughs> exactly. Do you know, my PSN uh, subscription has just lapsed. Really? Yeah, I well, changed my card number and mm-hmm. didn't tell them. Well, you should unlapse it, in my view, just for this game. And all the other games wow. you get for free! Free! free. 7 out of 10. Happy birthday, uh, PlayStation Plus, by the way. Five years today. Really? Is it? They're sending everybody who's been a member continuously for five years <clears throat> a, printed, a printed out work of art with all of your achievements on it. Right, mine has just lapsed. <laughs> exactly. Mine has just lapsed. Yeah, but you haven't been a member for five years. I might have been. I don't know. <laughs> Had it not lapsed before, it lapsed right at the start, didn't it? You've been a member for a year, I guess, then. No, I've been a member. Like, I, it would auto-renew every year, but because I've changed my, my card details changed, so it just... What are, you, what are your new card details? Yeah, We'll, we'll put them in. Batman. Okay. <laughs> Darren, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Box Boy on the 3DS. Oh, I nearly yeah. downloaded that yeah. yesterday. It I nearly downloaded it. Kept yesterday. doing it, right. and then I was playing Monster Hunter, not going very far with it, and then okay. just downloaded that and been lost in that. Um, it's by ha- uh, HAL Laboratory of Kirby fame, and it's just a wonderfully designed platform puzzler. Um, it kind of deliberately looks quite um, sort of basic, kind of looks like a Flash game from 2004. Uh, and, yeah, it's just wonderful. Really great pacing, really great design. Design, and also seems to obstinately not use 3D at any point in the nice. entire game, which I quite like as well. So, 7 out of 10. Tell us a bit about the, the uh, mechanics then. Oh, so you are a box, which is obviously where the uh, all game design begins, as we discussed earlier on. Yep. And you can create other boxes as well. Why, why mess with the winning formula? Uh, to kind of bridge gaps and move up uh, different platforms. So you're basically like a Tetris block spawning block okay. that can jump around. Uh, and there's kind of lots of different kind of uh, mechanics which build on top of that, but that's essentially the core of it. Uh, and it's just beautiful. It's got that wonderful kind of uh, Nintendo overseen sort of pacing to it where everything builds up. You learn to play it without very much kind of instruction, and you always feel like you're discovering things, even though it's kind of like perfectly designed to make you think that. I'm yes. in. Yes, I'm do in. it. If, if I wasn't playing her story, I'd be playing that. <laughs> it's not the same as her story. You sure? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Been playing Witcher 3. Have you? I love you, those You faces. and everyone else, it seems. Oh, yeah. it's lovely. Uh, the Witcher 3 has been blamed for, uh, in part, but well, by some people, as um, part of Steam's problems. 
Is it? Yeah, yeah, because everyone's still everyone's playing it and they're not buying no anything. No one's buying anything yeah. else. It's quite big. It's kind that, of daunting. That and GTA Five. Apparently, if they're not playing either of them, they're watching videos on them. <laughs> I, I, I think everyone's just looking at all the lovely peasanty faces. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. They're right. lovely, lovely noses and. Is the cheeks. Witcher the sexy one? The sexy one. Yeah. Is, yeah. The How sexy written is a song it? about that? I have. Yes. I, I was. I, I was uh, last <laughs> night. There was a lady in a bath. And and my wife We've came in, take and she wasn't wasn't best pleased. And I tried to explain that she had quite a strong character, but <laughs> wasn't enough. Two strong characters. <laughs> Simon, what? No, uh, Alexander Lady. Okay, what? good. I'm just saying that neither gender is stronger than the other. Anne, what's the matter? Anyway, Alex. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, how was the game? It's good. <laughs> Men can be strong characters as well, you know. How many strong characters can they well, be? Both as long as the game is fun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, is it good? I've never played... Uh, sorry, I tried playing Witcher 2, but I'm, I got a bit bogged down in the yeah, start of that. I did as well. Okay. This is a bit... Um, it's, it feels more free and open, and right. you can muck about, and you know you can wander in any direction. I just love how natural it feels. You know, the, you know in Skyrim, it, it feels like a video game place. You know, you get a village, and you know that it's a village there, and something will happen there, and it's all very planned. Uh, in this, it feels really naturalistic. Like things look a bit crap quite often, you know, okay. because it's just a scrubby landscape, just like you get in the real world. Um, and I really like that about it. Okay. And when you see something interesting, you feel that you've rediscovered it. It's it's good. I'm really enjoying it. And um, have you seen any uh, body parts? Lots. Have I've you? made some body parts. Okay, because it has the sex. It has the the sexy. It does. And have you seen some sexy things? I haven't done any sexies. Well, of course, but... of course, you're happily married. <laughs> But I have seen... That's the sort of character that you're playing, is it? You know, someone who doesn't get involved but watches. (laughs) Just quietly (laughs) in the corner. The weird old man in the corner. (laughs) Good, you know, they say roleplay should be all about your fantasies, but it's good to see that you've got one fantasy that's common. As a married man. Exactly. (laughs) When you play sensible soccer, do you just stand in the corner? I do. (laughs) I watch the ball bouncing back and forth. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, if you have any reviews for us, why not email them to... Team at OneLifeLeft.com. We won't do them, because that's not how the review no. section works. <laughs> but we'll be interested. Um, and, you know, it's just nice to hear from you once in a while. from chipmusic.org we are one life left and this is resonance 104.4 fm we're a video game radio show and we're nearly done it's been a good show thank you so much for coming on both of you thank you for having us what do you think is coming next for you uh, so bitmap brothers universe for christmas which okay. is what i'm working on at the moment uh and then there's possibly uh me and alex might c- uh, collaborate on something can't possibly say what yet Okay, should we should we check? Well, uh, Alex, are you in for this or not? Yeah, you are. Book, in. Is it, uh, can I reveal what it is? Yes, yes. it's a book about Simon Parker. And- <laughs> yeah. oh. mm-hmm. Parko, the untold oh, story. If you need any interviews, mm-hmm. all, all, all pictures. Yeah, pictures basically. <laughs> it's all pictures. Picture yeah, yeah. Got yeah. Those. excellent. Picture book. Well, best of luck with both of those. Thank you very much. Um, August, you say? For the August for Britsoft, and then December for Bitmap Brothers. Excellent, and you're credited to Anne in Parkos. What's what? Are you, are you just credited? acknowledged. Acknowledged. Yeah. Are you? What? How? Just, <laughs> it's just subtly. like a raised eyebrow. <laughs> exactly. Just like, and you are thanked in both of our books as well that yes. we published so far. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Legacy. 100% hit rate. <laughs> 
fantastic. We've got August off, uh, so we better make the most of these next few yeah. shows. We're not going to be uh, around in your lives much, maybe, over the next few months, because we're not sure whether we're doing Marioki either next month. Rightly. But we do this have is some, not the end of it. We, like, do, we do have some big Marioki news incoming at some point so if only we had the time for it teaser we've oh. been filling for too long haven't <laughs> <laughs> we yes wow. we have uh, but it's good to be back though isn't it so, yes, yes. We, we have missed you guys sorry yeah. we didn't do shows for the last two weeks uh, we'll try to be better over the next few but until until then next Darren Monday, Alex thank you so much for coming on thank, thank you, you. strangers we'll see you soon and thank you all for listening till then bye bye, bye. 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 bye.